Welcome to episode 460 of Salcedo Paranormal. And tonight I'm covering mythology and the paranormal. Uh, thank you all for... I'm sorry, that's not where I start. Uh, for all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me, you can visit the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions, or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for being here. Whether you are listening on the live podcast uh, recording stream on Discord, or if you listen on the podcast or YouTube feeds, or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Uh, there you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night, uh, seven nights a week as of now, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exiled Minds podcast, for producing the show and putting it on the station. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review the, the show on your podcast platform of choice. I've also written some paranormal uh, fiction and nonfiction books you can check out on Amazon. I do have one uh, just about done, but uh, we will see um, when it comes out, probably sometime next year. Uh, also, uh, if you'd like to join the Patreon, you can get one extra episode of the show per month, at least to start with, maybe more uh, frequent ones later on. We'll see. Um, and you can get that at any of the membership tiers and uh, for supporting the show. Also, if you just want to make a one-time donation, you can do that through PayPal and Venmo. Uh, all those links are in every episode description, as well as on the podcast page and um, in the Discord as well. So, um, so I think that covers everything. Um, just uh, get ready to cover more of these mythological creatures here. And uh, so I'll get into that right now. And uh, let me see here. Okay, so um, this has been a really fun series to do these, the, on, on this uh, this topic, and uh, looking forward to um, to doing more. Sort of, I think I'll probably keep uh, um, doing one of these shows every week, uh, even after I get through this current list of mythological creatures. I might go into other topics within mythology as well just because I think it does have connections to the paranormal. And uh, it's, um, I think it's important to look at that. So uh, this next one here they mention uh, that I'm starting with today. I've been, again, been doing this now for a few weeks. Um, well, basically a few weeks, except for one week I had to, I had to take off. But uh, just covering um, this whole list of mythological creatures that also include some more modern myth, myth, mythological, um, basically these different creature, creatures or monsters or different uh, different kinds of beings there. And this next one um, is the chupacabra, is a cryptid that uh, was first reported in Puerto Rico, 
1995, according to uh, the summary I have here, when several sheep were found uh, dead and drained of their blood. Uh, more livestock deaths followed, blamed on the mysterious, mysterious, excuse me, I can't talk, uh, goat sucker, basically, S-U-C-K-E-R. Uh, the most famous early eyewitness was, uh, they give the last name of Tolentino there, uh, in here, in the summary. Uh, but basically the, the earliest witness uh, described a creepy bipedal creature. However, their description closely matched a monster from a movie, uh, which uh, which was Species, apparently, which had just been released. So this cast doubt on her account, their account, apparently. But later eyewitness reports uh, have varied widely. Uh, some have described a kangaroo-like creature, Others, um, more of a hairless dog-like animal. Um, I've heard a few different, um, at least a couple different variations on, on, uh, at least a couple different creatures, types of creatures given this name. So, um, but these, these carcasses apparently were found. When they were found, they turned out to be dogs, coyotes, and, uh, similar beings afflicted with severe, uh, sarcoptic mange. The mange uh, caused the animals to become severely disfigured and hairless, taking on a monster-like appearance. Uh, this is likely why they were mistaken for the chupacabra. So I don't know if this is um, sort of meant to write that off or uh, say that they're similar. I don't know enough about this one to know for sure. Uh, the blood drainage scene in... Livestock may have been due to blood pooling in the bodies uh, after death, giving the illusion they were drained. Uh, the unusual triple puncture wounds remain unexplained. Theories for the origin of the Chupacabra legends include secret uh, ex U.S. experiments uh, and, um, let me see here, anti-U.S sentiment in Puerto Rico, uh, the dawn of the internet age, of course, and simply misidentification of mangy wild animals. The mangy explanation seems more most plausible to skeptics. Of course, there are people that sort of dispute that for various reasons. I've heard it before in different shows. As always, you're not going to get sort of a, uh, any, um, Real one real answer on a lot of these things. So, um, but so that's what the description they have for here, or the summary has here for that. And uh, I think we'll move on to the next one here. Uh, and that is, let me see, I lost my spot. Okay. Now, this next one is something that's, uh, I think, a lot older uh, around the world. So, uh, and that is, of course, dragons. Uh, dragons are mythological mythological creatures that have existed as in legends and folklore around the world for thousands of years. Uh, early dragon myths often depicted them as giant serpents, serpents or snakes, sometimes with supernatural powers over storms, water, or fire. Excuse me. Uh, dragon myths evolved over time. In the Middle Ages, European dragons 
became more reptilian with wings and fire-breathing abilities, while eastern dragons remain more serpent-like. So that's, that's uh, yeah, I've heard of different, t- there being different kinds of these um, creatures. Dragons were viewed both positively and negatively in different cultures. Some saw them as wise, benevolent deities, while others viewed them as evil, uh, chaos-bringing monsters. Famous dragons include um, Mushashu, I'm not sure, uh, from Mesopotamia. Vritra from India, I'm not sure, I'm probably not saying any of these right, just so we know. You all know I'm, I'm not the best with pronunciations. Leviathan from the Bible. Typhon and Hydra from Greece. And uh, Dragon Kings from Chinese mythology. Theories for the origin of dragon myths include real animal inspirations like crocodiles or snakes, uh, undiscovered large reptiles, fossils of dinosaurs, religious symbolism, and uh, innate human fears. Over time, dragons became one of the most widespread and recognizable mythological creatures in cultures around the globe. Their legends continue to inspire art, literature, and popular culture today. So, and, um, so that is amazing. It, it just, there seems to be this, um, type of creature that varies from location to location, but they're all still sort of given that same general name. But they all seem to be different types. So, really, uh, really amazing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different ones. Yep, um, PDG in the in the chat. I think in reference to the uh, popular culture, uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. Uh, but yeah, so um, of course Tolkien, uh, just all different things, all different um, stories. So, um, so that's it for that entry right there. I move on to the next one here. Um, I sort of figured out I was getting some redundancies in some of the summaries from before, so I've eliminated that. So we may get through more of these entries in these shows now than than I did before. So hopefully uh, that all that still uh, makes sense and sounds good to you all. Uh, the next one uh, here is um, is an elf or elves. Elves are mythical human-like creatures with magical powers found in Germanic and other European folklore. They are described as having fair, perfect features and do not seem to age. Uh, Elves were both feared and uh, curious to early societies. They could be friendly but also quick to retaliate if offended. Uh, Common elf punishments included uh, illness, nightmares, and tricks. Elves were thought to need human help with uh, childbirth, often calling upon midwives and wet nurses. Uh, eating elf food would trap a human in the elf world. And I, I think um, this is interesting. I wonder if uh, this is, is sort of another word for fae or fairy. I'm not sure. I think there's a separate fairy entry later on in this whole thing, too. But anyway, elves were thought to... I already read that. Sorry about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> excuse me. Um, it says here, <clears throat> there are some tales of elves forming relationships and having children with humans. These offspring were very beautiful, magical. Elves were blamed for unexplained sicknesses, night terrors, and other misfortunes. Uh, they were skilled in magic like alchemy. So, um, let's see. They might also con uh, kidnap human babies and leave changelings behind. Origins of elf myths include fallen angels, Eve's lost children, the dead reborn, that's an interesting possible connection there, and explanations for uh, strange occurrences. Elves were thought to live in the woods, hollow trees, or underground. Uh, many Icelanders, some people from Iceland, I guess, uh, still believe in elves. So, now uh, this should be interesting because the next entry uh, in that I'm going to go over, go over here is fairies. So, uh, we'll see what the differences are there. Uh, let's see here. One moment. I think I need some water. Okay. So, um, so yeah, let me see here. Going to this next entry here. Um, there we go. So, fairies. Let's see here. Uh, fairies are are magical human-like creatures from European folklore that come in many forms, sizes, and temperaments. Their legend is ancient. Early fairies could be ugly or beautiful. Victorian fairies became tiny and delicate with wings. Huh, I wonder how accurate that is. I don't know. Uh, fairies have diverse personalities. Some are helpful, some mischievous, and some very dangerous. Their moods can shift quickly. Uh, fairies have magical abilities like flying, making flowers bloom, conjuring gold, and casting charms or curses. Iron and certain plants can repel them. The origins of fairies may come from ancient pagan deities or a real prehistoric race of people. Myths of fairies being driven underground may represent suppression of old religions. And this is according to... These are all summaries based, based on uh, things I found online. Uh, these summaries have been made using uh, AI tools. So... Um, so, and of course, as I always say, I forgot to say at the beginning of this episode, I am no expert in any of this. Uh, so if I'm wrong, I apologize, and you all can let me know. Um, <laughs> fairies appear in many classic literary works, including Arthurian legend, uh, Shakespeare, Grimm fairy tales, Grimm's fairy tales, and most, uh, most iconically in M. Barry's uh, Peter Pan. So Tinkerbell apparently established the common modern image of a tiny winged glowing fairy, but folklore shows fairies have diverse forms and 
personalities. So that's where that ends there. <clears throat> so um, those two summaries do seem similar in some ways, but not quite the same. So, but um, there do seem to be various figures all around the world that seem to be um, to be similar to each other that have these different names of fairies and fae and then um, uh, elves, gnomes, uh, which is something I'll get to at some point in here. I'm not sure if I'll be to this episode or next time. But, um, but yeah, so there seem to be uh, possible connections in, um, in these different, uh, with these different names and, of course, words and everything. So the next one here, I'm glad that we got to this one today because it's sort of what got me into the paranormal, and that would be ghost. Um, ghosts are believed. Now this is mythologically speaking, folklore and all those things. So ghosts are believed to be spirits of the dead that linger on Earth instead of uh, moving on to an afterlife. Ghosts often appear as misty, wispy figures, but can sometimes see seem fully solid and, and lifelike. Uh, ghosts may haunt the living because they died suddenly or violently, have unfinished business, want revenge, or need to deliver a message. Different types of ghosts excuse me, include polter poltergeists. Mm -hmm, this is odd. I don't know if I agree with this. But um, poltergeists, demons, I always thought those are separate things, crisis ghosts, and more. Their motives and powers vary. Yeah, I don't know about that part, the whole thing with the calling that. I don't think those are the same thing. But this could be wrong, I could be wrong, and I have no idea. Uh, cultures around the world have holidays for honoring and appeasing ghosts of ancestors. Famous ghost stories include the Flying Dutchman ship, that's a ghost ship. Bloody Mary, that's the one with the mirror. You say the name three times in front of the mirror. At least that's one version anyway. Uh, and um, an Anne Boleyn in the Tower of London. Explanations for ghosts include comforting myths, spirits unable to move on, and paranormal occurrences. Their existence remains controversial. Yeah, okay. Until you actually have an experience with one. Anyway, sorry. I have a headache, so I'm a little bit grumpy today. But anyway, um, ghost stories have been around for thousands of years across human cultures, suggesting an innate fascination with the, with the afterlife. So, um, neat description there. And again, I think... Um, as as is always the case, I do think that a lot of that does fit with what I've heard and read. Um, I think that there can be you can use the word ghost to describe things more by sort of their appearance. In that, I think um, different time anomalies can make people seem ghost-like to each other. So I think that that can also be a kind of a ghost in a way. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know, um, uh, for sure, but that, that, I was, um, interested to see that, that description because, uh, there's a lot in there that I do think is fairly accurate. Of course, not everything, but, 
Um, anyway, so now this next one is odd, and I really didn't think it was a thing until I found that a summary and everything. So apparently, it is a um, something that people consider a thing. And this is something called a glob or a globster. Uh, these are unidentified, unidentifiable or unidentified carcasses that wash ashore, often lacking bones or identifiable features. They come in various colors, shapes, and sizes, some with tentacles, bristles, or bar uh, lobes. The largest recorded was over 16 meters long. Famous, famous examples include the Stronce Beast, the St. Augustine Monster, the Tasman Tasmanian Lobster, again, does use that word, so I'm wondering if that's a, that's a, or originated from somewhere in that part of the world, I don't know, or, or and Gambo, G-A-M-B-O, so. Uh, identifica identifications have ranged from new species of octopus to whales, but often remain inconclusive even after analysis. The term was coined in 1960 for a mass that washed up in Tasmania. Okay, so there's the answer to that right there. Most of them sparked debate between biologists seeking natural explanations and cryptozoologists considering more exotic possibilities. Um, their bizarre appearance lack of identifiable features, and inconclusive uh, analyses continue to make them mysterious ocean phenomena. And recent blobs washing ashore have often been identified as whale blubber. Wonderful. Uh, but interest in them remains due to past controversies and unexplained cases. So, um, so that's an odd one. Uh, I'm going to do this last one here. I don't think we'll run over time here. Uh, next one I mentioned earlier was gnomes. G-N-O-M-E. Uh, they are small humanoid creatures with an affinity for the earth and underground. And underground. In legends, gnomes were miners, M-I-N-E-R-S, who lived in tunnels and guarded treasure. Uh, the modern image of a gnome has a white beard, uh, dunce cap, brightly colored clothes, popularized, popularized since the 1800s. Uh, original gnomes were described as ugly, unkempt, and reclusive compared to today's gnomes. They are considered hardworking but also mischievous, playing pranks on humans. Special abilities include traveling through earth, Enriching soil, speaking cleverly, and riddles. Uh, let me see here. Gnomes originated in 16th century alchemy texts, but became popular in 19th century children's tales. They now appear uh, across modern fantasy as well as lawn ornaments, uh, sparking controversies over taste and theft. Okay. Uh, while cuter and sillier now, gnomes were once seen as mystical, underground creatures 
guarding the Earth's secrets. So, uh, really interesting there. Um, all those different sort of connected ones that we had in today's episode. And uh, I'm sure that'll happen more often as we go. But that's all we have time for today. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.